So we are still in Philippians 2, moving along at a great breakneck pace. Anybody need the Philippians 2 handout? Okay. There you go. Anybody else? Philippians 2 handout? All right. Okay. Pray for me. I'm a bit of a mess today. I know that's a shock to everyone. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 14, do all things without murmurings and disputings that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. And so on page six, I believe, yes, page six, item number six, towards the bottom of the page, and that's where we are, is, uh, so we're on uh, Paul's joy, that was verse 16 through 18, we just read it, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain, yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. Uh, for the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. So Paul is, uh, in, in spite of, verse letter A is, in spite of the danger that his life was in, Paul had hope and joy in seeing Christ work and fruit in the saints of Philippi. And so uh, letter I underneath that, we've already started this, offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, Paul could face his potential death with the, with the joy of Christ's work continuing in his brethren and even rejoice and expect them to rejoice with him. And so... Uh, for Paul, very clearly, it's all about Christ's work and Christ being glorified, that that's why we're here. And when God chooses to take us home, that's going to be his plan and his plan is perfect. But not just that, that, you know, we talked about this already, that Christ has turned death into something we can find joy in. Joy in Christ's presence and reward and the end of the race. And so uh, then last week, if you'd like to turn with me to Romans 15, we read this already, but just going to pick up where we left off. And Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It's a beautiful verse. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's a well. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And in Christ, all joy and peace is available, abounding in hope. And, uh, and that's, again, it's, it's regardless of what circumstances are. And I know that most of us can have circumstances happen to us. And it's hard to get past the thing that's large and in your view. And, and you can't think about anything else. But listen, our place is to learn to quickly run to God mm-hmm. and put things in his hands and then leave them there. And trust him. And of course, if you have fear and anxiety and doubt and all these things, a lot of it is because we're not exercising faith. And I know that's that's easy to say. (laughs) Uh, But however, Mm -hmm. there is nothing that's too hard for the Lord. I am very fond of those. There's two times in scriptures 
Behold, I am the Lord. Is anything too hard for me? And I, and I know, I think everybody in this room would say, nothing is too hard for the Lord. But when something comes into our life that shakes our confidence or shakes our sense of well-being, that tends to kidnap our arrest, our perspective. And yet there is nothing too hard for the Lord. And by the way, God knows, there's a verse that says, He knows our frame. He knows that we are but dust. So when we have feelings that shake us, when we have something that shake us, it's not that God doesn't understand when we're afraid. It's just that he tells us fear not. You know, when the disciples were afraid and they were on the the ship and the ship was being rocked by Mm -hmm. by crazy waves and, and thunder and rain and lightning, he said and he walked out on the water towards them. And he says, be not afraid. It is I. And of course, Praise the Lord for that verse. I wasn't on the ship that day. And so when I see that passage, I said, those guys don't need to be afraid. You know, but I wasn't on the ship. <laughs> Nonetheless, the circumstances are the same. It doesn't matter what our circumstances are. God is always worthy of, of being praised. Mm-hmm. And God has the answer to every need that we can put before him. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says in Peter, cast all of your cares upon him for he cares for you. And so listen, again, regardless of what our circumstances are. And by the way, a lot of the epistles, Paul was writing from prison or even a dungeon. And, uh, and so listen, if there's someone who is qualified to say, doesn't matter what your circumstances are, God is still in control. His plan is perfect. His ability to deliver is complete. It doesn't matter what, what you cast before him. It is all within the care of his hands. Our place And I think this is part of what Paul is teaching here. Our place is to seek not just primarily deliverance out of the situation. And again, it's not wrong to ask that. God tells us to do that. Mm -hmm. But the primary thing is for God to be glorified in our situation. And no matter what your situation is, and it, it could be good. It could be blessings. And would to God that we could praise God as loudly in one situation as in another. Some people may be it may be easier for them to praise God in difficult situations. And some people, I think it was Spurgeon who said, you know, man can weather all kinds of uh, of uh, of trials, and difficulties, but given prosperity, <laughs> he may not be able to weather that storm. And so, listen, I, I have I feel like I've I hope I've learned <laughs> at this point to just be thankful that I'm not rich. And there so much of the time you wish you, you could do, could have Things that are out of reach. But listen, that is the the state of humanity. We're always wanting what is out of reach. And so our places and the Bible says godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. And again, in our situation, whatever it is, God is able to deliver. He is able to answer the, the needs that we bring before him. But crucially, our place is to seek for God to be glorified. And I think that's something we can, we should ask for God for the grace to do is to look for him to be glorified in every situation. So that's what we're talking about, that um, that in every situation in Christ, all joy and peace is available, abounding in hope. And listen, we as we as children of the living God, we have hope that nobody else has nobody else on planet Earth. Nobody else has the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And whether you're a babe in Christ or whether you've grown in the Lord 
and you are advancing not just in years, but in, in from faith to faith. Listen, the Lord is all the hope that we truly need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I can know this academically and I, I, I again, I'm learning to understand it all the way down to my heart. You know, if I was offered Bill Gates billions today, it would not do a thing for me if it wasn't God's will. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, <laughs> I, I understand. And I, I again, I, I feel like I'm learning this, that it might be better for me to not have great riches. It might be better for me just to have enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know for a lot of us, things are getting tighter and tighter. I know I'm not, I know we're not the only ones. But listen, God's grace is sufficient. And so, again, at every point, everywhere you turn, God is the answer to our needs. And so we need to learn just to simply trust in him and even rejoice, even rejoice, even if we have dire circumstances. So in Christ, all joy and peace is available, abounding in hope. And I thank God for that passage in Romans 15. Now, the God of hope, God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, David said in Psalm 23, my cup runs over. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be wonderful if the Lord could just fill us up with, with <laughs> like he says here, joy and peace. And, and he, he specifies here in believing. For every child of God, your joy and your peace is going to come through believing in Jesus Christ and believing and having faith in God and walking in his ways. We're not going to find it. I'm not I'm not speaking against therapy and not thinking speaking against drugs, but you are not going to get joy and peace through those things. You will get it directly from the Lord or you won't get it. And so all of our places to plug in to him daily, walk with God and and, and get our blessings and help from him only. And so letter D here in my notes. So that was letter C in my notes, which you don't have. <laughs> but uh, letter D in my notes is joy and peace is the net result, even with life's trials. God never said that we wouldn't have life's trials. He guaranteed it. So, our, again, when you are walking in faith, when you're, when you're keeping the Lord Jesus as your front and center, then that's when we can have joy and peace. And it, it, is, the, it is the result of life walking with Christ. That's the main point that I wanted to get across there. So uh, then moving on to number seven here in your notes. Paul's communication to know their state. So back in Philippians chapter 2. Verse uh, 19. So he says, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like minded who will naturally care for your state for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But, you know, the proof of him that as a son with the father, he hath served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. So you know what's going on. Paul's in prison and can't just go wherever he wants. So he's sending Timothy. And the reason why he's sending Timothy, he says here, for I have no man like minded who would naturally care for your state for all seek their own. And Paul knew about this. If you remember at Second Timothy, this is shortly before we think he was offered. He was he was put to death for faith in Christ that uh, that he said, Demas hath forsaken me. And in another passage earlier on, in one of the earlier epistles, he had said, Demas also greets you the, towards the end of, uh, uh, I can't remember which one it was, but he says, Demas greets you. So Demas at one time was with Paul and he was serving the Lord faithfully. But, but at, at the end of Paul's life, he said, Demas has forsaken me. And so listen, it's not impossible for a child of God to have his view arrested away from the Lord and arrested away from the things of God and be 
consumed with the world. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what it says in 2 Timothy. Is Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. It's a danger that we all have to be aware of. That it's going to be every day that the world is going to try to pull you away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and Satan is going to be there maximizing his opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is, is, is Satan is not God. He does not have omnipotent power. But he does take advantage of his opportunities. And so, listen, our place is to walk closely with the Lord Jesus. When we wake up in the morning, seek him right away. Say, Lord, I have to have your help to walk with you today. If I, and, and so, listen, God wants to be there for us. The problem is, without, is when we're not leaning upon him and seeking him. Mm-hmm. So Paul, as he says here in verse 19, I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you that I may also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like minded who will naturally care for your state for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. And so Paul's letter A here in your notes, Paul's love for the brethren in Philippi is evident that he could not rest without knowing the state of believers there. And that's very special to have a brother in Philippi that is so intent that you be in a good place walking with the Lord. Your needs are being met. If you're facing adversity, he wants God's blessings and help and protection and provision deliverance for you. It's it's good to have a brother like that. In another city, in another place, who's praying for you with that kind of concern. And folks, it's very important that we also have that kind of concern for brothers and sisters here. Brothers and sisters that we know of, people with prayer requests, you guys that are on Facebook and things like that. We need to be concerned about each other's lives. And then there's those who are across the sea in another place or for that matter, across America. America is a mission ground as, 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 as needy as any other in the world. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about that. But brothers and sisters around the world, they might be. We just got a a prayer request, uh, a a missionary letter from Ovi and Lita, um, who are brother Cody and Betty's. It's his sister. His sister. Thank you. (laughs) And so uh, anyway, they are involved in ministries in Malawi and in uh, Romania and Ukraine. And they are facing all kinds of challenges. There's droughts. They, there's uh, there's there's uh, people who are uh, adverse to the gospel being spread. Mm-hmm. There's all kind of challenges. What a blessing it is to have brothers and sisters at Crossroads Baptist Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia, mm-hmm. who are not just lifting up words. Yeah. Can I, can I share with you a cynical thing? Is that OK? You just <laughs> plop up a list of missionaries. And when you pass it by on the refrigerator, say, there it is. <laughs> Bless them, Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How much better would it be to pray for them by name? Lord, help them, provide for them, bless them, read their prayer letters, be concerned about their state. I thank God for Paul and how he could not rest until he knew how his brethren were doing in in Philippi. Folks, we need to we need to have the same love and concern for brothers and sisters around the world. And so. uh, and, you know, there's even that that goes to a, a wider cast as well. There's a place where it says that we should pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Israel has nothing but conflict all the time, you know, and, and so we need to be praying for people outside of just our our uh, our our turf here. And so uh, Paul's communication was to know their state. Paul's love for the brethren in Philippi is evident in that he could not rest without knowing the state of believers there in Second Corinthians, chapter two. Second Corinthians, chapter two, verse 
12. Give you guys a second. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 12. Paul says, furthermore, when I came to Choraz to preach Christ's gospel, a door was opened unto me of the Lord. I had no. I'm sorry. Let me reread this. <laughs> Furthermore, when I came to, Christ, to Troas to preach Christ's gospel and a door was opened unto me of the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit because I found not Titus, my brother, but taking my leave of them, I went from thence into Macedonia. And so he came to Troas. He found an opportunity there to glorify the Lord, to preach Christ uh, and to preach the gospel. But he couldn't find his brother Titus. And so he said the Bible says he stopped what he was doing and he went to find Titus. And so, listen, there needs to be this kind of love, this kind of concern. I can't rest until my brothers and sisters are. are I know that they're blessed in the Lord and walking with him. And, and of course, with John, John in, in the gospel and not the, not the gospel, but the first, second and third John, he's writing to churches. And also you see the same care for God's people. We need to have that. It's, it's not there's something wrong if we don't have a constant concern for others in Christ. And so, um, and the, oh, so I have this note underneath that. This is a high contrast to not caring about believers around the world. We should identify with believers near and far, labor with them in prayer and giving, serving the Lord together, sharing Christ in our appointed fields. Let me read that again. This is a high contrast to not caring about the believers around the world. We should identify with believers near and far, labor with them in prayer and giving, serving the Lord together, sharing Christ in our appointed fields. I hope we're all in the place where God has us called to serve him, glorify him right now. I I believe that's where I am. (laughs) I'm supposed to be here glorifying the Lord with brothers and sisters here. And may God lead our church to do everything that he wants us to do in this area. I, I think it'd be foolish to assume, yeah, I'm, I'm doing everything that God would want me to do at all times. <laughs> so I think we should pray. God, help us in this place to be to be faithful to him and to be concerned about other people's needs, their souls needs in this area around us. I'm talking about this community right here. I'm talking about this physical geographical location. If God has us here, it's not just to gather We also need to ask God to help us to do the things that he wants us to do, all that that is. Mm -hmm. And so you'll remember the Lord Jesus, he had not a place to lay his head. He went from place to place to place to place. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying that we're all called to do that, but we all are called to be somewhere preaching Christ, doing his will. And so um, so then uh, I have this or there's letter I underneath that that Paul found it difficult to find others who shared his burden for the brethren and for the lost. I had and for the lost added in my notes. So uh, Paul found it difficult to find others who shared his burden for the for for the brethren and for the lost. And so about the, about that burden, this is grown out from the Lord's commandment. And so that's Matthew six thirty three. I, I refer to these verses a lot. I'm very fond of these verses. Matthew six thirty three. And. Let me just start in verse uh, verse verse uh, verse thirty one. Sorry, <laughs> I, I hate not, I hate just sometimes mentioning one verse without its context. Matthew chapter six. You guys okay? You guys off? 
Okay, you need coffee or anything? You're kind of quiet today, i got to say. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, uh, or what, wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Let me just pause right here. And again, we mentioned that the Lord Jesus went from place. I was thinking about this last week, that as far as we know, the Lord Jesus had no other occupation than serving the Lord Jesus full time. And by full time, I mean literally as in when he woke up, that's what he did. And and he did not stop until he went to sleep. And I don't think anyone else, I'm certain that nobody else in human history served the Lord with all like the Lord Jesus did. I'm very fond of the passage where a tax collector came to to Peter and said, does your master pay taxes? And he said, yes. <laughs> and he didn't lie. And so when when Peter comes to where the Lord Jesus is, he walks to the door. The Lord sort of addresses him as soon as he steps to the door. And he and he mentions this this uh, this truth about he says, of, of whom do children of the world collect taxes of of others of their own children? He said of others. Then he said, then are the children free. But he said, nevertheless, lest we should offend them. In other words, there's things you do, not just because they have the right to do it, but because you don't want anything to get in the way. If Jesus had gone around preaching, don't pay taxes. And you'll remember when the, the Pharisees came trying to trap him uh, in his words. You know, they said, should we should, should we pay Caesar taxes? And he said, why tempt ye me? Bring me a penny. He said, whose image and superscription is this? They said Caesar's. He said, give him to, give him to Caesar what's, what is Caesar's. Give unto to God what's God's. So there is a, a, a truth about serving in this world and not being concerned about what's fair, what's right, da, 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 da. Uh, and we're getting to this, this passage. And, and when, the Lord, when, when the Lord Jesus said, had been, you know, those tax collectors came to Peter and Peter said, you know, <laughs> um, does your master pay taxes? And he said, yes. And he goes to the Lord Jesus and, and the Lord Jesus said, you know, go out, cast a line. And that was Peter's profession. He was trained to do that. And so he brought up a fish and he paid Peter's and the Lord Jesus's taxes. Listen, the Lord has a plan. Mm-hmm. The Lord absolutely has a plan. And if we would occupy our heart's desire with being faithful to God in his plan. Look at this passage. Verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteous righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. What are the, all these things? Everything else but serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. Everything else. And I think it's entirely not just possible. I think this is what God says. If someone were to set out and say, I want to be faithful full time. I want to serve the Lord with all of my heart, all of my life. I want to do like the Lord Jesus said his example. I am certain that God would provide for his or her needs. I am a hundred percent. I think that if God, if and there's a, an example of a lady who went to China. Oh, uh, Gladys Elward. Gladys and she did not have any kind of support. Yeah, no missionary board would take her. No, she was too old. <laughs> <laughs> but God's call was upon her. God had spoken to her heart, and she said, "I'm going." And by the way, I've had someone in my lifetime. There's a guy they called him Gypsy Jeff. I don't remember yeah, his. Gypsy Joe, I thought. Jeff. Jeff, it was Jeff. I remember that. I got Jeff. Anyway, and 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 he started on deputation. He said, "I don't have time for this. I've got to go right now." And he went to the gypsies, and he never came off the field. 
My point being is if God is calling you, he doesn't need man to help you do it. I'm not, I'm not telling you a printer of ministry shouldn't be on deputation. I'm saying you need to trust God. Amen. And God is able to provide for us 100% of the time. There is nothing that is difficult for God to do. If God wanted to send abundant, if God wanted to give me Bill Gates billions today, if he wanted to move it from Bill Gates' bank account to Brett's bank account, he would not have a problem doing it. However, that is very, very unlikely. You know, it seems to me that God is content to let the Bill Gateses gather their wealth and do what they're going to do. And at the end of the day, at the end of that road, they will live with those consequences mm-hmm. before God. He tells me not to worry about Bill Gates, <laughs> not to think about Bill Gates's money, not to think about it. You know what? I, our, our place is this passage right here. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Mm-hmm. He says, take no thought for tomorrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto, day, unto the day is the evil thereof. And listen, we have, I, I, am, I, am, I am primary here in being guilty of the thought of tomorrow. About, about needs, about situations, about, yes sir, we're closing up. <laughs> no, it's not lip service. I'm not going to start 20 other points here. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? <laughs> tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow. Worrying about tomorrow. God tells us not to be occupied about tomorrow. He's saying there's plenty for today. Not just that, but, you know, really, we don't have to worry at all. And I, I, hypocrite, okay? I'm, I know it's not right to worry. Worry is the opposite of faith. And so, listen, the point is, is God is 100% able, no matter what the situation is. Okay, Brother John, I'm closing up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm giving you a hard time. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's where we need to live, is that constant, Lord, your will be done in my life. Help me to walk with you and seek your glory. And so, this, this final note is just so we can turn the page. Seeking his kingdom first is the priority of saints serving Christ the brethren in the world. Mm-hmm. So we'll stop right there. We turn the page. Uh, that's exciting. <laughs> All right, let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Yes, thank you for Lord. this time we have. And thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your ability to provide for us, guide us, and use us. Give us power. Give us grace, Lord. We're so we're so uh, frail. We're so needy. We're so um, weak and and so often carnal and sinful. And we pray that you forgive us and help us, Lord, to be your people. And as long as you have us here, help us to be faithful to you. Bless everyone here today. Meet the needs that we've mentioned to you. We thank you for, for how you're going to answer those prayers. And we pray for uh, the coming hour for your glory and honor and, and everyone here according to the need. And thank you again for our mothers. And I thank you again for my wife. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. Yes, sir.